From our local high schools to the pros, the Dallas Morning News has got North Texas sports covered, and it's more than just the scores. From all the off-season moves to in-season adjustments and maybe even postseason glory, the DMN has got the inside scoop on your favorite teams, players, and coaches. You can follow every goal, save, bucket, and touchdown as the Dallas Morning News delivers real local sports journalism from the press box and locker room straight to your inbox. As soon as the podcast is over, head to dallasnews.com sports to see what Brad Townsend, Callie Kaplan, and the rest of the DMN gang has for you there. Hello and welcome to Mavs Daily, where we break down a question, event, news, or trend having to do with the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Bobby Corella. I am from Mavs Digital. Joining me today, now that he has finished chronicling the ins and outs of National Hugging Day and really everything else that's going on with the team, he and Dwayne do a great job over at Mavs.com. It is the great Eddie Sefko. Eddie, how are you? I'm doing just peachy, Bobby. How are you? Oh, I have never been better in my entire life than I am right now talking to you. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> I'll I'll, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and just believe that because I mean, uh, what what could possibly be better, right? And you know, the the state of affairs in a in the world. So uh, exactly, and I, I I would not go on the internet and tell lies. All right, uh, so I, I'm only telling you the truth, um, Eddie. There's such a thing as lies on the internet. <laughs> I don't know. We we don't need to get into that. We don't need to get into that, uh, Eddie. Uh, so I might have exaggerated the truth a little bit. Um, I personally may, may not have ever been better, but uh, Mavs Bobby has definitely been better. Uh, you've seen all the games. You know what's going on with Dallas lately. They finally did end their three-game losing streak, which around here, three-game losing streak is a very long one. Been almost two years since that's happened. Um, but you know, some of it is is due to circumstances that are kind of out of their hands. So it's just sort of a... It's kind of this weird, like, limbo state of, well, you're back at 500, and before the win against Indy, they were below 500, but you really don't feel like you're as bad as the record is, but, I mean, personnel-wise, it's like you just, you're not, you don't even have a chance in some of these games, and so, where where is your head at with this team, uh, given everything that is kind of in play right now? Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I'm not too concerned uh, the way things are right now, they've obviously been shorthanded. But you know what? When you have Luca and he's healthy and going good, are you really all that shorthanded? Uh, I mean, he's the he's the engine on this thing. We all know that. So uh, he's going to help you survive a lot of uh, shortcomings uh, uh, in terms of personnel. But you gotta you gotta look at this thing like. Okay, there's they're they're 500. They're playing 500 ball right now, but uh, they pile up a ton of road games, and I, I'm of the opinion that playing road games now, when no fans are there, is is probably the best time ever to to go ahead and play road games because you're not really playing any road games. I, I heard Greg Popovich the other day say everybody's pretty much even, Stephen, on every every court. It, there's you know there's no real advantage being home or road, so. Uh, I, you know, I just think uh, it's still a good thing to, to go ahead and knock out as many road games as you can. Some point, maybe later on in this season, maybe there are some fans and maybe you do create some energy and some kind of a home court advantage. Uh, and that's when the Mavericks, in theory, should have a lot more uh, home games coming their way. So uh, right now, it's just, you know, I would 
say, don't get on the ledge. Don't, don't do anything crazy. Uh, these, these uh, guys that are in the COVID protocols, they'll, they'll be coming back here, trickling back in probably in the next uh, week or so. And then, you know, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I still think this is a, a quality team and, and, uh, you know, uh, it's going to be fun to see how, uh, this all evolves because they still have Luca and Kristaps, and that's a pretty good starting point for any team. Yeah, and and KP is looking really good these last couple of games. I mean, it it took him a couple of games, uh, granted, to kind of get back into the flow of things, but breaking twenty on the second night of a back to back, and then what he did against Indy the other night was was very very impressive. Uh, that Indy win was meaningful for a lot of reasons, mostly just to kind of stem the tide a little bit, but. Uh, the thing that stood out to me most is I'm not sure the last time I've seen a team use a box and one against the Mavs and we just saw two straight opponents do it. And now the Mavs did ring up the Pacers for 124 points. And so, you know, maybe, maybe it, teams might not, uh, play that against them any, anymore after that. But when was the last time you saw a box and one and how do you think, you know, kind of most notably, how do you think they adjusted in between that loss to the Raptors and the win against the Pacers? I think I saw it in 11th grade when I was riding the bench and we had a <laughs> way better than me. And uh, they, they stuck a guy on him and then played zone everywhere else. I, I don't, I, it just doesn't happen very often in the NBA. And, and I think we saw why uh, Nick nurse had real good success with it, with Toronto there on, on the earlier in the week. And then, one of his disciples, whose name I can't pronounce uh, his name, but eight, and then he died, he said, "Well, I saw what they did there." So he he tried to do it, and what we saw was a perfect example of how you can't give great players the same look all the time because they will just figure it out and tear it up. Uh, Luka Doncic didn't score a ton of points, but he had the thirteen assists, I think, and and controlled the game, got so many open looks at the basket. I mean, they had a season high in points in the paint. And then uh, that that was uh, that was just a great uh, show of adjusting to what the defense is trying to make you do and beating it. And uh, kudos to, to, to Rick and uh, to Luca for, for uh, you know kind of kind of getting that thing in, in, in dialed in and under control. And it was really important too because I, I anytime teams try kind of like a novel thing against Dallas, it always kind of reminds me of last season against the Raptors again, where Dallas had a thirty-point lead, and then in the fourth quarter, the Raptors just started playing a really, really aggressive full-court press, and it worked. They came back and they won the game, um, and then it seemed like for you know a month or so after that game, everyone started pressing the Mavs. And it's just kind of like if one team sees another team do something successful, they're going to copy it, and and opponents are going to keep doing it to you until you can beat them. And so I, it was really, it was kind of amazing how well they were able to adjust, but also really important that they were able to adjust because now we probably don't got to worry about the box and one anymore, at least for a while, right? Yeah, I mean those two coaches were, were I mean uh, Nate came from uh, Nick Nurse's system, so. Uh, you know, that's, that's one of those things where they, they kind of, uh, did the, uh, the copycat thing. And I'm not sure we've seen the end of it because, um, 
you know, teams are still going to look at that tape and see some of the good things that other teams were doing. And, and again, if you're playing the Mavericks, do you want Luka beating you with 36 points or, or are you going to take your chances that maybe the shots aren't falling and making him uh, be the distributor? And if he gets 15 assists, uh, fine. But, but you know, there's all, uh, there's ways to cut off those those passing uh, those uh, cuts to the rim, the back cuts and the baseline cuts. Um, it, you know, I just think you're going to see more of it. I don't think it's over, but uh, it certainly is not going to be uh, just one of those things where, oh, uh, now we, we know we can stop the Mavs if we do this. I don't think that's the case either. Yeah, and it is kind of a nice luxury to have a guy like KP who, you know, I think he likes shooting 30-foot threes. Like, they're fun. They're cool. They look great when they go in. But he was just like, well, I mean, if I can just get a dunk every time down, then I'll just go to the rim. And uh, he had 18 points of the paint in that game, Eddie. That seems pretty good, too. So nice luxury to have a big seven foot three guy in there. And that's an important point to make, too, because in that game, KP started at center. Now, you know, Rick said after the game that they went kind of to that smallish ball lineup um, with Josh Green in the starting lineup instead of Willie Colley Stein, who ended up winning the Defensive Player of the Game title belt. And if you don't believe that I'm going to track everyone that's won it, then boy, <laughs> you don't know me. But uh, KP moved to the five, and that was due to Miles Turner being out. So that doesn't necessarily mean that's what the Mavs are going to do moving forward. But coming into the season, we kind of thought that's what they might do. So I'm just curious, what do you think? And, and based on you know all the years that you've spent around Rick, what do you think he's thinking uh, as it relates to the starting lineup moving forward? I mean, are they going to go KP at the five? Are they going to go big, big, or is it just going to change depending on the weather? Well, I think we all know Rick Carlisle is not married to any one lineup and uh, probably never will be. Uh, I mean, he says it would be nice to have a set rotations, five starters who always know they're going to be starting and four or five bench guys who always know when they're coming into the game and all that stuff, but that stuff's not reality. That you know, there's too many variables, especially in a season like this. So, I, we're going to see lots of mixing and matching, and that's going to continue. Um, I do think now it's clear that KP likes playing the five spot better. He he thinks there's a little more space on the floor, e- easier to roll. He's got options where he can either roll to the rim or pop out. And uh, I, you know, it's, it's hard to argue with his uh his rationale there because uh you know he puts up silly numbers whenever he's he's in there and he's the lone big guy uh we saw it last year uh when uh he he, you know he had that incredible run and um you know it was with it was with a a, yes dwight powell was starting uh some of that time uh uh but uh, mostly it was him and, and uh, you know, four smaller guys, uh, one of them being a 6'7", 230-pound point guard. Uh, so, yes, I think they would like to have KP as, as the five all the time. Defensively, I'm not sure Rick is, is going to be uh, okay with that because he loves what Willie Cauley-Stein brings to the table and he loves what Dorian Finney-Smith brings to the table and, and guys like that. He, I, I don't think this is going to evolve into complete small ball that's my point yeah I mean the the tricky thing about it is they did play small ball at the beginning of the year and of course KP was out but you know against the Lakers it was Dwight Powell at center and I think Finney Smith was your starting four that night and the Lakers hit him for 35 second chance points and so you know we were all clamoring for more size more size and so then Willie comes into the starting lineup 
alongside Maxi Kleba, and they're dominant defensively, but then the offense kind of took a back seat there for a couple weeks, and they've been sort of stuck in neutral on that. And again, you know, personnel is not making it easy, but kind of a an interesting sort of, I guess, dilemma they face is this team wants to be better defensively. And so you would think, okay, well, having two bigs out there allows us to be better defensively, but it can't come at the expense of, you know, not being able to break 110 points for a month or whatever. So I feel like a reasonable compromise would be, okay, well, how about KP at five and Maxi at the four? But I think they kind of like Maxi off the bench, and I think they kind of like keeping his minutes down closer to like 24 than up near like 32 just because of the way he plays and all that stuff. And so it's kind of a tricky situation. I think the the closest thing that uh, that we saw maybe to like a, I don't know, a flexibility standpoint is the Mavs started small, but then whenever they were winning in the fourth quarter, they went big to kind of protect their lead. And so I wonder if maybe that's the, like they can play small, but they can also play big in the same game, just kind of depending on the the, the scoreboard and the and the what, how much time is left on the clock. Man, check out the big brain on Bobby. He's he's going deep dive here into the, the nuts and bolts and X's and O's and always. You're sway, way smarter on that that uh, nerdy stuff than I am. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, I I do have to agree with you that. Uh, Yes, Rick wants to have plenty of flexibility. He wants to be able to go big. He wants to be able to go small, exploit matchups, you know, on all at different spots on the court. And that's just, you know, basic basketball. I mean, he's not uh, reinventing the wheel or anything, but but it's not as easy to do as you as a lot of people might think. First of all, you got to have the players and and you got to have uh uh you know, players not only that have talent but are willing to buy in to what you're trying to do. In terms of uh, mixing uh, mixing things up, keeping the opponent um, off stride, and uh, you know, and also, uh, you know, I think part of it's just as they say, getting lost in the game and and not relying on uh, you know calling a play every time down the court, make a defensive stand, freelance run, get out. Uh, that's when this team's at its best. They're not they're not a good team when you sit around and have to go against a set defense and call a play that's that's not their style all right so looking ahead a little bit to tonight now every team is kind of affected one way or another by you know things that are going on in the in the great wide world you got a lot of teams that are missing a lot of guys some teams are missing a lot of games like the wizards haven't played in like i don't know since christmas um their whole team is out the Spurs have kind of, I, I, they haven't like avoided the injury bug. Like they don't have Derek White, for example, he's out. And I think LaMarcus Aldridge has missed some games too. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're going through it in the same way that many other teams are, but they're going to have pretty much a, a full deck tonight against the Mavs, but they're a tough team to figure out, man. They started the year. Okay. They lost to the Lakers twice. They lost to the Jazz. They're really good. But in the last 12 days, they've lost to Minnesota. They've lost to Houston. They got smoked by Golden State the other night. But then they have beaten Portland. They beat the Lakers. They beat the Clippers. So it's like, it's just really tough to, it's a, it's a different kind of Spurs team. You know, all of their leaders in minutes are like 22 years old, except for DeRozan and of course Aldridge. You know, it's kind of like an up and down team. They're they're doing the very unspursy thing of, winning games they shouldn't and losing games they shouldn't so I just I don't really know what to expect 
from them tonight, and I don't really know how the Mavs will match up with them. I mean, what what, what has been your impression so far of what they got going down down there? Well, they're playing a lot better now. I mean, and and by the way, they have had. I don't know if they had the toughest schedule so far, but they've had one of the toughest schedules so far. Uh, they've been uh, on the road, and again, we we don't think that being on the road is much much of a, a disadvantage right now. But I mean, you know, you mentioned it. They've already played the Lakers three times, and that's you know, for most teams, that's three L's. They managed to go one and two against them, uh, and you know, and, and that's you know, that's getting that's knocking out a, a, a hard team on the schedule right away so uh you know if you if you just look at the their last uh what eight games or ten games or so uh they're six and three in the last nine and you know they've they've had some uh some pretty impressive wins on that on that ledger i mean they 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 won they won at the lakers they won at the clippers they won at oklahoma city which is no no easy track anymore um and and of course at Portland. So, yeah, I, I like the Spurs. I, I do agree that it's just a really kind of an odd sort of roster that they've put together. I mean, we're used to, you know, we're, we're used to seeing, uh, go back to Tim Duncan and David Robinson. We're used to seeing a superstar anchoring that team or, you know, Tony Parker and Manu and, and Kawhi Leonard and all that. They don't have that anymore. Now you can you can make the argument that Demar Derozan is a star, and I look I personally think he's terrific. I mean, I, I, he plays the game I like to watch because you know he's not just totally reliant on the three point heave every every time down the court. But you know they've got guys that people aren't just real familiar with. I mean, Keldon Johnson, uh, you know, and, and and they're getting great production out of their older guys, Rudy Gay. Uh, Patty Mills, those guys are, are still very, very productive players, and Pop knows how to use them. And I, you know, by the way, have you looked? They're ahead of the Mavericks in the standings by half a game. So uh, don't don't just go to sleep on the Spurs. I think they're they are um, you know they're, they they missed the playoffs last year, broke that you know long seventy year streak or whatever it was of of game of years in the playoffs, but. Uh, I don't think that's going to last very long. I think they're going to be back in the playoffs this year. Yeah, here we are finally thinking that the Spurs are they're done. They're they missed it one time. They're going to miss it for the next five years in a rebuilding phase. And here they are, a game over five hundred after fifteen games, and who knows what's going to happen for them next. Uh, Derek White being out though is kind of notable. He's been really really effective against Luca so far in uh, in their careers. He's just really good at just kind of getting up in Luca's business and just making things difficult for him. Last season at home, kind of right at the beginning of the year, uh, I don't know if Derek White didn't play in that game or maybe he came off the bench. It was more DeJounte Murray against Luca than anyone else. And Luca went off for 42, 41, whatever it was. It was his career high in scoring. So he had a great game. And then in the other games after that, it feels like the Spurs did kind of a better job against Luca uh, after that opening game. And in fact, they beat Dallas uh, the day before the Boban game against the Nuggets, whenever the league stopped, uh, they beat Dallas down in San Antonio and it was kind of a frustrating loss where the Spurs bench, if I remember right, the Spurs bench just kind of went nuts. Like Patty Mills came in, was awesome. Um, he, he He's usually awesome against the Mavs. And to your point, this year, I think he's shooting like 43% on threes. So he's just, he's red hot from downtown. 
Um, yeah, they just they got a good team, but yeah, Derek White being out is kind of a kind of a big blow for them. It obviously does not compare to what who the Mavs are missing, uh, but it is kind of a kind of a you know it, it it's it's a notable absence. And then looking ahead a little further than that, the Mavs are finally coming home, Eddie. Uh, the day after that, they're playing the Rockets. Now the Rockets, of course, no longer with James Harden, so it'll be the Mavs' first time playing them with no Harden since I think the lockout season. Um, and then they got to play the Nuggets later on. But anyway, this this Texas two-step that they're doing against the Spurs in Houston, new-look Houston team on the second night of a back-to-back, should be a tough one. But, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested in, in seeing Oladipo with the Rockets. Uh, they just traded for Kevin Porter Jr. too. I don't know if he'll play in that game. Uh, probably not. But uh, it's just kind of a I, – I don't know. It's so, it's, it's a definitely a not-the-Rockets-Spurs doubleheader that I was – thinking about you know at the beginning of the season I was like ah, I'm not sure it's two totally different franchises from what we've seen for the last few years yeah and going back to that game last year I was at that game uh, on March 10th uh, in San Antonio and and uh, your memory was good uh, it was a, a huge night out of the Spurs bench they had three guys I think scored uh, 12 or more points and uh you know that's that that's you know how, how much more Spurs like is it than that? I mean that they just figure out ways on on a night when uh, you know some you know I mean Demar Rosen did not have a huge night that night although he did have a bunch of assists as I recall. So yes, the Spurs are 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 you know you better take them seriously. You come to Houston, I mean you come back home to play Houston. I, you know. I don't know what Houston is doing right now other than starting back from scratch pretty much. Uh, Oladipo's a, a, a nice piece to, to have to build around. Uh, but, you know, they're, 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 they're clearly looking toward the future with all the, uh, with all the, the, the uh, draft picks that they've traded for. Um, and, and, you know, give them credit for having taken the big swing with Harden and Westbrook and then before that Harden and, and Chris Paul. I mean, they they went for it, uh, didn't work. Uh, sometimes that happens, but you know, if I'm a fan, I'd rather have a team that takes a takes a big swing than looks at a third strike anytime. So, uh, I like I, I like what they're doing. I think Stephen Silas will do a terrific job if he gets the the chance to stay for uh, a few years to see this thing through. And uh, you know, the, the, there's. Uh, there's one thing to, to really like about that team is, is Christian Wood. I, I mean, he is uh, terrific. I mean, he's, he plays just like you want your big men to play this year, at least how most coaches want their big men to play, with, which means he can make the three-pointer and he can protect the rim and he rebounds the heck out of it. So uh, real good piece there. Uh, I think it's going to take a while for them to figure things out and, and exactly what they have and how things fit together. But, I like where they're going. They, they they decided to make some, you know, make a major ground ground shifting move. Uh, we'll see how it works out. And Willie did a great job against Christian Wood in that game. That was the first game. Uh, I think it was the first game when they made the lineup change, putting Willie in the starting lineup and Maxi Kleber in the starting lineup. That was after that loss to the Bulls. So we'll see. Maybe Willie plays again, and you put KP at the four. Um, of course, you know, the last couple of times the Mavs have played the Rockets when KP is healthy, KP is just eaten because they were in that sort of super-duper small ball phase. But uh, it'll be an interesting chess match nonetheless. Now, I want to close with a prediction, Eddie. So, 
Rick Carlisle has stated that every single time the Mavs win a game, they will award the Defensive Player of the Game title belt to the defensive MVP from that night. And now, I don't want to put you on the spot and say, guarantee the Mavs will beat the Spurs or guarantee the Mavs will beat the Rockets. Like, I don't want you, I don't want you to look at the schedule and identify when their next win will come. But who will be the next defensive MVP? Whenever, whenever that belt is re-rewarded, who is going to take home the title belt? Well, see, that's kind of a trick question because the, the obvious answers aren't playing yet. Uh, so the, you got to assume the Mavericks are going to win a game or two before uh, Josh Richardson uh, and Maxie Cleaver get back. So, uh, I, you know, and Dorian Finney-Smith. I mean, those are three of your, your best defenders, maybe your three best defenders. Uh, so uh, you, you are, you, are, uh, you are putting me on the spot here because I, I have to figure out, you know, I'm going to go and take the long shot. Uh, I'm going to take a long shot here. Luka Doncic is going to block a few shots and get one of those belts. Now, it may not be the next game, the next win, but he's going to win one before this uh, before this season's done. I, I guarantee you that. Uh, but you know, beyond that, give me the big guys. Give, give me give me Chris Tops, Give me Willie Collie Stein every game, and I'll I'll take my chances on them uh, wearing the belt out of the locker room. All right. So how about this? How about this? Set the odds. You can either go KP and Willie Collie Stein. So one of them for like minus two fifty. Or the field for plus three hundred. Who are you taking? Uh, well, if you're giving me, I don't like those odds on the field. You know, I'm, I'm you know, I, I like the, I like the long shots because you, 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 I'll bet hundred to make two fifty anytime. Uh, so give me those big guys, and and you know what. Uh, all I got to do is win one out of every three, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make money, and so uh, we'll 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 do it that way. I do I do think once Josh Richardson gets back and once Dorian gets back, you're gonna see those guys. Uh, they're gonna be ready to go, man. They they are gonna be so they've been cooped up and and not able to do anything for for so long now that that when they get back, I think you're gonna see some real uh, some real energy and some real uh, doggedness out of those guys if, if you know what i mean yep yep definitely well and you would have got better odds and long shots uh, about a year ago whenever luca was still you know <laughs> maybe not trying as hard on defense but now man sheesh he belongs in the favorite category he's stuffing the stat sheet blocks steals charges everything he's doing it all well let's uh, let's not forget where his bread is buttered but but yes he is at least uh, embracing the defensive end uh, a lot better than he was, and and you know credit Rick Carlisle and and, uh, and Jamal Mosley, the the defensive coordinator for for getting these guys to realize. Listen, we had a the the, the greatest offense in the history of the league last year, and where did it get us? You know, first round knockout that that wasn't particularly close. Uh, if we're all being honest with everybody, and that and so what do we got to do? Well, you got to get better defensively. You got to be able to stop somebody now and then. Not all the time. You're not going to stop everybody all the time. But once in a while, you got to be able to put up a stand. 
And uh, by all appearances, it looks like the Mavericks are, are all in on that. Yep. Let's keep that. Let's keep that energy going, man. Let's keep defending. Let's keep podcasting. Eddie, I appreciate you for joining me. Are there any uh, anything you want to plug or any any final words or parting shots before we uh, carry on with our day? Well, just the the fact that I, I I hope I hope we get a run of decent health uh, for everybody. Uh, I mean, this 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 has just gotten. Uh, yeah, I hate to see what's happened. It's gotten out of control, and and the the virus is is just wreaking havoc with. Uh, just everyday lives of so many people uh, forget about the NBA. Uh, I mean, and, and, you know, people need interaction. It's just not right to be cooped up and, and, uh, and you know, isolating yourself and, and not be having any human, human contact. I mean, it, it goes back to national hugging day, Bobby. I mean, come on. don't <laughs> all well, We just got to go out and get a hug once in a while. So, uh, I'm, I, you know, my, my biggest hope is that we can somehow, uh, get, get back to where, uh, we've got some normalcy, uh, hopefully sooner than later. I'm probably not going to be, uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be disappointed. It's probably not going to be sooner. It's probably going to be later, but, um, I, I, that, that's my hope and my dream. And, and, uh, you know, as a person who, who had the virus, uh, back in the, back in the summer, uh, I can assure everybody it's no fun. No fun at all. So uh, you know, start, keep safe for now, and and just uh, you know, if you can, if you're allowed to get the vaccine, do it, and uh, let's all uh, let's all do our part. Here, 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 here. Well said. Wise words as always, Eddie. Thank you for joining me, man. I appreciate it. You can find Eddie on Twitter, Esefco, right? It's just Esefco. Yes, sir. Yeah, and you can read all of his work every single day along with Dwayne Price, Tamara Jolie, and the rest of the Mavs.com team at Mavs.com. I'm Bobby Corello. You can find me on Twitter at Bobby Corello. And this is Mavs Daily. If you enjoyed the episode, please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review on your favorite podcast platform. And we will be back with you next week. See you then.